0: Welcome to the One Broken Cog Podcast. Join John and Brian as they share small
1: adjustments that lead to major impacts. Welcome back. One Broken Cog Podcast, John Lester. I am Brian Olson. Today, covering a very interesting topic, John, ABC. It's an acronym I think everybody has heard at one point in their life. I know you've never seen the movie Glenn, Gary Glenn Ross, but you've still heard of ABC, Always Be Closing. You hear this a lot. Recently, people have been tackling this, whether they agree with it, whether they don't agree with it, how do you define it? John, this is a really polarizing topic. Looking forward to tackling it with you here today.
0: Ryan, Brian, yes, this is, a, this is a good one. This, um, this has been in the sales lexicon for quite a few generations, actually. And, and you know, there, I think there's a couple of things. Let's talk about what it is. Let's talk about if it makes sense or not. And let's talk about potentially why it came into existence in the first place. Yeah, I would love to. So, this this came into the lexicon. I think about if I remember correctly, Glen Gary Glenn Ross actually introduced it. And I think it was about early sixties, nineteen sixties, if memory serves me correctly.
1: On well, the stage play.
0: Um, yeah. So, if if you think about if you think about what was going on during that time, and what was going on in sales specifically, that was still the time where the salesperson had most of the information. Where there was um, a tremendous amount of interest and belief in the fact that sales was a game of playing tricks, if you could get the person to start saying yes that they would normally just walk into a yes close on anything you asked them. Um, there were things like the Ben Franklin close. There were there were a lot of different methodologies that were being taught to salespeople, and as I said, what's most important is that the salesperson at that time had more information than the prospect did as opposed to today where generally speaking by the time a prospect gets involved with a sales rep they know arguably as much if not more about the product and what it can do for them than the salesperson does. So I think it's important to put into context the uh, the time that this thing was happening. The other thing that I think is important is that if we consider where it came from, it came from basically theater so movies and theater are theater they they're a way to express things to people that may or may not be true but that's okay because it's all in the storytelling this is a story and it's just interesting how sometimes things catch on even though they might not be rooted in in fact or in science right so i i, I leave you with those perspectives
1: you yeah, know it's, it's it's interesting and, and people it, i guess it's on how you see that statement right how you define that statement and I think I was looking this thing up just to see the origins like you had mentioned and how people are using it and what how they see it in play and it was funny this website Investopedia they say always be closing is a motivational phrase used to describe a sales strategy It implies that a salesperson following the regimen should continuously look for new prospects, pitch products or services to those prospects and ultimately complete a sale. So you know and possibly I think the way they define it is You're constantly hunting new business, you're constantly prospecting, you're constantly presenting, you're constantly following up, attempting to close, attempting to upsell. It's like that's the ultimate end game is to land that new account or or gain that commitment from somebody.
0: Well, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about on this one, Brian, and get your perspective on, if you think of the word closing, and this is what I said before, it's, it's not everything we hear is based on fact or based on truth. But if you think of the word closing and always be closing, I think that what most uninitiated salespeople would hear and most consumers would hear or buyers would hear is closing is asking for the order. Um, So always be closing means that you walk in the door. As soon as you say hello to the person, you're starting to ask for the order. And if, if that is accurate um, I think that, that, always be closing is actually horrible advice for a salesperson, especially today where, as I just mentioned, the buyer knows more about the product and about what the product might do for them than the salesperson does. So it just becomes this annoying grading on the buyer's personality where the sales rep is always saying, hey, can I have the order? Hey, can I have the order? Hey, can I have the order? (laughs) Now, if it's not that, then I think we do want to get into a discussion about what closing really could mean in this context. And and is that if you, if you modify the meaning of closing is always be closing a proper thing to do for a salesperson with the new meaning.
1: Yeah. And I think that it was put into play because you have a lot of people, as we saw in our our recent conversations, you know, 40% of people not asking for the order. So it was, Hey, ask, 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 close, close, close. Um, You know, don't be meek here, right? People are not going to come up to you and lay down for you. You're going to have to go out there and get it. But, um, I think also now they did a research study where they're, they're, they're finding that on average more than six people are involved in a B2B buying decision. So uh, you know, a rep's mission sometimes is to bringing together all of those parts and getting a consensus decision and sometimes even selling upwards into an organization. You're selling that middle management to get to that other meeting and you have to hit all the boxes so you're, you're constantly closing. But I think, I think what it means as far as always be closing is in a presentation – The qualification process, the uh, strategic questions, the discovery, the presentation, your tonality, your body language, uh, the questions you ask, getting those micro commitments, getting them to say yes, conditioning them to say yes throughout the conversation and with with that leading to gaining that commitment at the the end of the deal. So I think closing means you're closing throughout the entire time. The minute you step in the room, you're selling them on yourself, on your personality, on your acumen, on your knowledge, on your empathy, on whatever it may be. You're constantly leading them down the path to the ultimate end result, which would be gaining that commitment, gaining that order.
0: Yeah, boy, oh boy, are we going to go around the the, the rose bush on this one? Um, Because now I'm going to quote a very, very, very knowledgeable fellow, somebody who knows more about sales than most people I know. Uh, fellow by the name of Brian Olson who likes to say small adjustments lead to major impacts. And I'm going <laughs> to okay. take that. I'm going to take that and say I'm, categorically that if you interpret always be closing as asking for the order constantly, I am 100% go on the record. You can post this anywhere you want against that philosophy, 100% against that philosophy. However, if what you're saying is that selling For the most case, except some retail, I would say, are very simple services to buy, but most selling, as you said, it involves lots of people, it involves lots of micro decisions, not just micro commitments, but micro decisions. It involves small adjustments to get to that major impact that you that you talk about, which is the deal. So if you're talking about always be progressing the deal, so whether it's through discovery, whether it's through reinforcing the, the prospect's issue, whether reinforcing um, the gap between their current state and their future state, whether it's reinforcing what benefit they might achieve from it, whether it's reinforcing... Uh, and understanding what the buying cycle looks like and the decision-making cycle looks like. So if we're saying always be closing means continuously progressing the sale and knowing how you should be progressing that sale and not moving to the next logical step until you've closed the step before, then I agree, always be closing. But I would say always be progressing.
1: Yeah, no, and that's a a great uh, expansion on that, John. I think that People should set the stage for that. I think you're right. You don't want to be a pest and you don't want to be an annoying fly buzzing around somebody's head constantly, needling them, hoping that you're pounding them into submission. They're going to say yes just to get rid of you. Um, but I think that's correct. I think that it's persistence sometimes. You know, we get rejection or we get an objection. And we just give up and we present and we give them collateral and we leave and we say, we'll get back to you in sometime in the near future. And uh, we don't pivot and re-ask. We don't re-engage or the follow-up. We've seen numbers on follow-up and we don't have a system in place where we're hitting them with multiple messages Uh, at a certain cadence right we don't see that we see a one and done i'll follow up i did what i was supposed to do and i move on to the next prospect and see if i can get a quick and easy yes we don't want to fight for the sale and be persistent so i think there'll always be closing was put in play for people to pound it into their head and make it easy to remember that you must go out there and work you know in the presentation you need to ask at some point you need to check their temperature in the in the presentation hey condition them to say yes from what I hear, Mr. Customer, you're telling me that your situation is X. And if Y happened, it would mean X to you. Is that correct? Yes. Fantastic. Right. And then we move on to our presentation. You're conditioning them to agree with you. Um, if they have an objection or a question, re-engage and then present and then ask for the close again. Right. Go go back out. Go back after it on the follow-up. You know, gain that micro commitment. So I think that some of that's lost. And I mean the stats somewhat prove that. And I think that ABC was was put into play yes to make it entertaining to make it easy to remember, but I think it's also really I think in the context of that movie or that stage play, it was frustration. It was Alec Baldwin who was that sales trainer from corporate coming down to kick these guys in the backside because they have just their numbers were down and they weren't as aggressive and they weren't fired up. And it was used to get these guys fired up and to go out there and take on the day and take those leads and respect the leads and up their closing percentage. And I think people use that in the same vein to kind of fire them up, to remind us that, hey, listen, we are in sales. This is a business where you have to go out and it's an activity game. You can only control your activity and your attitude. And if those things are aligned, results should happen. Of course, you got to throw skills in there. But I think that's the context. But you're right, John. If you're constantly asking and pestering somebody without any type of setup for it, uh, you're you're bound to lose and you're bound to make people very upset and annoyed with you.
0: But I, I do want to circle around on something because the, it is true. And I, I, again, don't know how much of it is today, but I do remember seeing it for, for many, many years. It is true that there have been, and again, maybe still today, the, the stats would indicate that it's still today. Number of salespeople, um, that simply do not even ask. So they'll do a presentation and they'll say, okay, what's the next step? And they won't even say to the prospect, "Um, do we have reason to move forward? Would you like to sign a deal? How can we get this done for you? They they don't even do any of that. And that's not even microcloses. For for the folks that are listening, that is not microcloses that Brian talks about. That is actually asking for the order. And so many cases... And, and you can see it everywhere. You can see it in retail. And, I, and I've watched actually in retail situations, I've watched um, salespeople, even like a, a simple shoe salesperson in, in, a, in a discount shoe store, and the, the clothes is as simple as, can I wrap these up for you? Would you like to take these? Do you want me to include the box? They're very, very simple things. And I, and I think that at the heart, the ABC, the Glengarry, Gan Ross aspect of it speaks to those salespeople. They don't even do that, That's which is right. kind of disgusting.
1: No, it's true. But and I, you know, I think you're going to agree with me here, John, that you know, the direct approach, back then it was much more direct and overt, right? We were, I mean, you, we are here to sell you. We are here to close you, period, end of story. Uh, now, the consultative approach is much more indirect. It's very subtle. And I think the masters understand how to do it subtly and organically. And you're right. Would you like this sent to your home or your office, right? Would you like to go with package A or what do you think about package B? It's not a yes or no. It's now we're, we're choosing which one we want to move forward with. You're, you're assuming it. You're assuming the sale and there's urgency behind it. And you're right. People do not do it. They don't know how to do it. And again, if they make that small adjustment, I think that will lead to a very big impact uh, with their numbers and, of course, their, their pocketbook
0: as well. Right. But let' let's get down to the crux of the matter though, Brian, because this is a great conversation, but' it's, it's really a philosophical conversation. Let's get down to the crux of the matter, all right? The crux of the matter is that closing is a natural extension. It's a natural occurrence. It is something that will happen if the sales rep does their job properly. If they go through all of the steps, if they progress the sale, if they do proper discovery, if they're reinforcing reasons to buy, reasons not to buy, reasons to decide now, reasons not to, if they're doing all of that, the close becomes natural. And it's 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 pushing a penny off a counter with your finger. It's that simple. The issue, and and this is really why you and I decided to get into this and, and and do this this type of business. The issue is that sales reps still aren't being trained properly. They don't have the knowledge. They don't have the cadence. They don't have the confidence. There are broken cogs all over this process. The process is not aligned. Sales managers, marketing departments are not preparing their sales reps and then holding their feet to the fire to do the complete job so that the close comes naturally. And I'll stand on that all day long.
1: No, I agree. I mean, it's a catch a touchdown pass with one arm tied behind your back. It's it's very difficult to do that, right? I mean, these these salespeople sometimes they they are literally a one-legged man and ass-kicking contest. They are really not set up for success here, and then you're holding them accountable for the lack of knowledge and tools that you haven't given them. So, I agree, John. That, you know, there's a, a real lack of training and investment in your talent, and I've seen that there's, there's been a paradigm shift, and it's not a good shift. And I really do think that we would see obviously churn reduce like you wouldn't believe and i think we would see people much more successful if this was actually taken into account and not not just a a one and done this is not just hey we're going to train you for a week or two weeks and then throw you out into the wild when we look at a sales process as you mentioned you know the discovery the agenda the rapport the presentation the close whatever it is the transitions to it's key by the way i think that they need to do a deep dive i mean discovery alone i mean you could cover that in you know 3 4 days you know, spin yeah. selling and strategic questions and, and all sorts. I mean, it, it really is a psychological thing and it's, it's so important. It's the setup. And it, people take that for granted. You know, they have, a, they have a checklist of questions and it's like they're not even living in the conversation. And they ask the question, somebody will give you gold that you want to follow up on that and, let, and go down that, that route. Okay, great. And then we're on to the next one. It's as if we didn't even hear what that person said. It never resonated. And it's, it's it's as if we're going down a checklist. It, it, we're going through the motions, so to speak. So people pick up on that. People aren't as stupid as you think. And we really need to respect that process. I think if we had a, a very firm respect for the process, respect for ourselves and the organization overall, I think that we would be in a much different place, John.
0: Oh, I I, I agree with you completely. It's it's interesting. Um, and, and for some reason, the, the author's name is, is completely... Uh, escaping my brain at the moment, but uh, the book, I believe, is, is um, Relentless, the, the, the fellow who was the uh, agent or coach for Michael Jordan. And, and what's so fascinating to me about that, I mean, there are many things that are fascinating to me about it, but one of the things that's so fascinating to me is he makes it very clear that to be absolutely at the top of the game is less of a physical and training perspective at, at, the, at the game itself and so much more of a mental and a perspective issue. And I think the biggest, um, the biggest mistake that is made in, in American business today relative to sales is that so few people in management understand what the proper mental perspective of a salesperson needs to be. And then, of course, they, they wind up, unfortunately, hiring sales managers that don't truly understand what that perspective needs to be. And part of understanding what that perspective needs to be is understanding the significance of training and of knowledge and of cadence, basically of alignment to fix those broken cogs. That's the message we've got to get out, Brian, because until people understand they have to invest in this, they have to do it, they have to reinforce it. Otherwise, they're not going to be successful. Well, I mean, actually, Brian, I don't know if we care because the people who really want to grow their business and who want to be successful, who want to be at the top of the leaderboard, who want to be standing on the the top rung of the pyramid, those are the people who are going to come talk to us. And that's kind of what we've seen. The rest of them, I don't know, Brian.
1: Well, the rest of them they'll be at the bar making excuses with with all the others, right? It's it's a I call it the, the losers' club, the lazy losers' club. Um, yeah, I had a, I had somebody way back in the day uh, that I was doing business with. He, uh, I was talking about somebody I can't remember what it was, and we were talking about the current state of affairs. And he looked me dead in the eye, and he said, "Brian, stay away from people like that. They're lazy losers." And it was so blunt, and it was so, but it was true. It was absolutely true. And he loved me enough to tell me, "Hey, that stuff is toxic." And he, he was the guy that told me, I remember telling you this, John, he says, have you ever been around people so negative that literally machinery will break down around them because they their negative energy? I was like, wow, that's powerful, right? But yeah, you, we want people that want to take their business to the next level and say, hey, I have come up with an amazing concept. I've come up with an amazing app, business proposition, whatever it is. I've got all of these pieces in play, but I need to go to the next level. There is a couple of cogs that are just not working properly. Some of them are maybe even broken. And in order for our business to advance or even survive in some instances, we need specialists to come in here and set us up for success ongoing. And of course that's what we excel at doing, right? But you're right. The biggest pandemic, and I hate to use that word right now, but it it rings true is a lack of sales leadership in these organizations And it's a lack of training and investment in your talent. And you're expecting them to be autonomous and self-serving, which, hey, listen, I'd I'd love to see that too. But we've looked at the numbers and it's very rare you're going to get that. But again, it's a 50-50. You want that from them, but they also want something from you. They want support. They want tools. They want a great comp plan. They want a great incentive plan. They want a why should I be here, right? They want to be sold. I mean, we've seen the studies, John. People, like, what is it, 90% of millennials – which makes up a huge amount of the workforce today will stay at a job that's underpaying them versus your competitors. If they have a, a solid leader that is behind them, if they have a great manager,
0: it's actually and, the largest percentage of the sales force right now, Brian.
1: Yeah. Proven fact,
0: Believe it or not. And what does yeah. that
1: tell you, John? That tells me that these people, their managers suck. That's what it tells me. And I, I don't need the data to tell me that. Cause you and I, we've been in the workforces. We've seen it. You know, we've, we've seen it. The beauty is, and I'll tell you that we have taken people and organizations from the undesirable to the undeniable, right? From the pit to the pinnacle. That's where you want to be. And again, life's a game of inches. It's, it's a game of dollars and cents, debits and credits. And you want to make a small adjustment. It will lead absolutely lead to a major impact. And they call us, John, the impact players for a reason, right?
0: Yeah, and it's, you know, folks, hey, hate, hate to get real on you right now, hate to get real on you, but if you want to step in the role of a sales manager, hey, wake up, put your big boy pants on, realize you've got a responsibility to people because the other part of your title is leader. So either you want to be a leader or you don't. And if you don't, just get out of the field, go back to direct sales, go back to being an individual contributor carrying a bag. You're probably pretty good at it at the beginning, but hey, you've got an obligation to people to help them whether you like it or not. And I know I'm preaching. And with that, I only have one question for you, Brian, before we go. What is that? You want to pay cash or credit. We're out of here. (laughs) It was great spending time with you today. Maybe you liked what you heard. Maybe we sparked some controversy. Maybe we got you excited. But hopefully we got you thinking. Hey, we want to hear from you. If the topic resonated with you, if you have a comment, or if you have an issue you're serious about fixing, reach out to us today. Hey, Brian, how can they get in touch with us?
1: Great question, John. Best way is email. Email us at results at onebrokencog.com. Together, we're going to help you make small adjustments that's going to lead to major impacts in your business and your revenue.